Hello sisters and brothers and welcome to a new week and a new installment for the Pab podcast. How was your week? How has your week been? I ask seriously, truly, tell me, how have you felt this week? Has it been the week you were hoping for? Did you live, did you live your days at the top of your potential within your circumstances? Did you love enough? Were you kind enough? Were you loved? Were you at peace? Were you healthy? Please tell me. Feel free to message me. I'm here. I can listen too. I have been doing fine. Thank you for asking. I am still in the recovery process um, and learning to rest. Yes, rest. I'm really, really bad at that. My housemates know. But I'm getting better. I can actually stop and lie on my bed, message my friends, watch YouTube videos about the Omegas and the Aztecs. Um, I can listen to my favorite podcasts and uh, my favorite music and uh, play The Last of Us. Um, so yeah, today is a great day to be alive and I'm glad that you are listening to this. Wherever you are, whenever it is, whoever you are in whichever dimension you may be hello from the past and welcome again may this be a space that you can rest and just listen thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day really really appreciate it this day's show is a conversation with the funny humble good beautiful infectious cowboyish bloke, Shania Twain enthusiast, vocal coach, beautiful voice and a great friend, Taylor Piggott. We had a really good time catching up, talking about his musical journey, the reason he sings, about finding yourself this quarantine and, and his life as the man with the van. Also all the things. We laughed, we philosophized and we cherished each other's uh, friendship uh, through the sound waves recorded in the past to your eardrums right now so please check out his new single super glue and sticky take um, is available now on your favorite musical platform okay and uh, also enjoy my conversation with my pal tay pickett Do you get a not? Do you get a little bit nervous as soon as the record button comes on? I get a little bit. Oh, you you get a notification that it's recording, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's like uh, we had we did a live stream the other week, and as soon as the live stream started, I just lose all of my words. It's like, hey, I'm Tay. Welcome. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so embarrassed. Well, why do you think that happens, though? Why do you think that we know? Because, for example, I think I sometimes I play guitar, yeah, and yeah. I sometimes record myself, and when I start recording, yeah. I just mess up the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Like, why do you think we get stage fright like that? I think it's because we put too much pressure on ourselves. Like, I, um, we did, so, like, at the singing school I'm, I'm at, we did a trigger I forgot what it's called, but it's like a trigger. It was a word trigger exercise. So it's like, um, you just talk about five feelings. Um, 
and like let's say it was happiness and you try and point that back to a childhood memory of when you were happy and then you realize that every emotion is is built off a trigger from your childhood so i think when um when i get nervous in front of cameras or like uh yeah as soon as a record button comes on i feel like i get nervous because it takes me back to high school it takes me back to oral presentations and i have a very like vivid memory of me doing an oral presentation and just feeling really like my voice was shaking um it's really weird man like i'm 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 fine when i have a guitar in front of me but when it's just talking when i have to focus on like getting a point across it really like is i don't know it just makes me so nervous but i do it like i still do it but i would i hated oral presentations and i think they made me so nervous like i remember you know, like at school, they'd go through the names if, they, if it was in like alphabetical order and yeah. they'd call out everyone in alphabetical order. And I would just be sitting there shitting my pants because I knew I'd, I'd be next. And I hated it. Like, I just, ooh, I don't know. Gives me the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it. To be <laughs> so I think that's my trigger. So like my trigger or my childhood memory of, of that pressure of cameras or like um, people all eyes on me type thing that comes from those kind of um, feelings or emotions. And I'm still working at how to, how to kind of like work through that. Um, and for me, it's just been about um, slowing down my breath a little bit, like slowing down my breath and just trying to put me back into now rather than yeah. think about all those things. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. That it does probably make sense. pretty elaborate. Yeah, but you, you're doing uh, pretty well now, man. You, you, thank you you sound as clear and your and your ideas are coming across as elaborate and intricate as just before we started recording. So you're, you're doing fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you. I prepared, I prepared this earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say hi. Hello everyone. Hello. So I'm here Hello. with uh, my friend, my good friend, Tay Piggott. How are you Tay? Hey. I've I'm missed good, you, man. I'm good. You. I've missed you so much. <laughs> or way back in the day when we met at um, the John Mayer concert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still think that is, that was the universe. It, we were meant to meet each other. Can you tell the story how we met? Because I like so it. So we, me and my partner, SJ, were at uh, a John Mayer concert and... We were just, I think we were just getting a little bit rowdy and then we turn around and there's Pablo there <laughs> dancing away and we're like, let's, let's all dance together. Yeah. And then after, so after the concert, we hit, like, we all hit it off and we went bowling. Yeah. Was so good. We got a few drinks, got a few drinks afterwards and then the rest is history. Like we just like really connected with Pablo and it's just like, look at his beautiful smiling face. Um, you just feel an instant connection with with him so it was really cool it was really, yeah, it really was good fun. it was fun man i one of my yeah. bucket list concerts was has always been john mayer and i was oh. finally there I was Dude, finally there so man. Good. i was enjoying it so much and i've always been a guy that wants to enjoy the moment as much as possible so i was doing that yeah and i was yeah. so excited that i was like super keen to meet all the john mayer fans so when you guys were right beside me and you were, we were all singing the songs and just grooming like oh. we just yeah it was so it was so fun. good and you guys that and was you guys are moment. really nice and beautiful and um i i really liked hanging out with you so then we went to yeah bowling and you you needed sushi 
And you're a bit yeah. of a lightweight too, so it was good. I was pretty drunk. <laughs> so you're saying all these things. I can't really remember them. <laughs> no, I do. I do remember bowling. I remember. I think I lost pretty. Yeah, pretty you bad. lost. Yeah. Yeah, I lost. <laughs> I'm not the best bowler. Not the best at bowling. Yeah, but was um, a, that was a moment. That was a vibe. That was it was a good a night, man. I was third wheeling, but it was so much fun. You went for your, You were part of the wheel. You were what <laughs> kept that wheel in motion. We were a tri <laughs> tricycle. Is it? Tricycle? Tricycle, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that was a really cool night. Really, really cool. Yeah. Um, blessed to have met you. And then ever since then, like, it's been great to just keep hanging out and, and catching up. And hopefully we get to get catch up, like, a lot more when they, yeah. uh, when all the lockdowns are lifted. I would love to come see you. Where about you living now, Pub? I'm, uh, I'm based in Carlton North right now. So just, oh, cool. Yeah. It's a really nice area. Oh, really nice. Yeah, are you still yeah, in South? Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm Danny Frankston. But you are a man with a van. I'm a man with a van, so I can go anywhere. You can go, you can be anywhere. I, lo I love that though, because th that story is pretty cool about you, that you decided that you were going to live in a van and just travel around Australia and busk. Yeah. So what is that it's about? Like, I, uh, I don't know, I was kind of, it was... Well, at the time I was, um, I was deciding between two things, which is either like save for a house and be committed to like a 30 year mortgage or just enjoy life a little bit and go around Australia. And I realized I haven't really seen much of Australia. Um, but I also know how expensive it, it is to kind of go around and get accommodation. So I just kind of put two and two together. I was like, why don't I make my, my accommodation, my house? and yeah. deck out a van. And then I was in a van page um, and it was just meant to be. I just like, one guy said he was in, um, he, was, he was based out in Croydon, which is like really close to home for me. So I was like, yeah, he's, he's the guy. And then this all happened, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, don't regret it at all. It's just so, so cool to be able to. So how is your, what? So what, what's in your van right now? What's in my van? Let me give you a tour of the van. So I have, this is the bed. It's a bit yeah. messy. This is a little insulation panel. So you put this on the windows yeah. to keep the cold out. This is a hat. Uh, well, this is a box and inside the box, there's a hat. <laughs> Pretty cool hat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a fan. Um, and then oh, over here is like my little it's like the office area, I guess. So that's the fridge here. Um, then like sink and then the cabin at the front, which is cool. And then this here is just like a little outside table. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is cool. And then besides that, it's just like storage underneath. And then up here is all your like um, toiletries and just extra bits and bobs. So where do you poop? Really good. Ah, uh, man, I just shit outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, pu public restrooms, which has yeah. been, uh, which has been good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, I did my first trip up to Byron yeah. in uh, January, yeah. just to kind of test the waters, see how I go doing van life like completely. And it's really good because everywhere you go has, you know, showers, amenities, which is, which is really good. Like I can stealth camp as well, which means just parking in streets. Um, but you just have to get up early and hope that no one catches you or reports you. Um, 
but yeah, no toilet in this one, but I think eventually, like the goal is I really want to get one of those big buses when I'm older. So when I'm like 50, 60, retire and do the same thing around Australia in a big wow. bus. So, so is it, is it very cost effective then to do this? It, yeah, it is. I would like highly recommend anyone who is renting or like, um, yeah, just in a situation where they want to save. Um, my logic was if I spend however, like X amount of money, let's say it was 15 or $20,000 on a car. That's also my house. Well, that's almost one or one and a half years of rent, you know, so it's paid itself off in a year and a half. And then I can save, um, I can save really hard and really effective for a home. So yeah, I really would recommend for wow. anyone, anyone that's, so, um, how much did it cost you to, um, yeah, create your own room bedroom in in the van yeah so the car itself was the van was 13 13,000 i think it was um and then the the fit out was roughly nine to ten ten thousand dollars which was um which was good because i'd saved really hard for a couple of a couple of years um and i was like yeah this is this is what i want to do um and it's been really good it's been really really good um yeah did you do all the all the work in, in the van or did you go somewhere? Uh, I went to a guy named Chris um, from Peachwood Co. If anyone's looking at getting a van, I would highly recommend hitting him up because he's incredible and he's just like the best dude as well. He's just your top, like your typical Aussie next top door neighbor. Top bloke. He is a top bloke. Um, no, I, I was going to do it myself. Um, like I, I, I'd studied it. Um, and like looked up all of the YouTube videos and stuff, but I'm really glad I didn't because <laughs> I think I would have just done such a shit job. Um, and, and it, yeah, like at least with this, I know that everything's sound and everything's going to work and everything's um, going to have like a good, good amount of um, life in it. This is crazy, man. It's crazy that you yeah. live in a van. Like you right now yeah, you're, you're uh, crushing at your parents because of the situation, but, you can literally live anywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I really wanted to do that minimalistic lifestyle. Just like have, just have what I, I like everything that I need with me. Um, so that means I don't hoard and I don't have useless shit around because if anything that I've learned from COVID as well, because um, we've at home, we've cleared everything out. There's just so much stuff that is so unnecessary that we keep you know, we've yeah. got boxes and boxes of stuff that we haven't looked at for like five or 10 years. Like, why do we have yeah. this stuff? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to try and revert that and go to that minimalistic lifestyle and, and kind of just have whatever I need with me, which is this, this is perfect for it. Yeah, I think we, we always yeah. have too many things, man. We have too many things and we have too much food and uh, we don't need that many things. You know, that's it. A lot of people that's do it. over. They overspend. Yeah. Then they are enslaved by the system, and uh, they're unhappy. So I think that being uh, minimalistic is it's a really good way to go. It allows you to be more free as well because you're not too stuck with things. I think the things and having to tidy up your big house with all the things that you have does take a lot of time and. A lot of mind space. Yeah. 
yeah definitely would you ever would you ever get a van ever live in a van maybe maybe i'm not a big fan of driving but um i think that if it's cost effective i would like i also want to do like a bit of a nomad nomad lifestyle next next year or in the next couple of years so yeah in, in australia or um or somewhere else overseas ideally yeah I want to travel the world before I settle down, if I settle down. Yeah. And where would you settle down? Would you, is your goal to settle down back in Melbourne or is it just wherever the wind takes you? I want, you know what I want to do? I want to, I want to be able and want to get to a lifestyle that I can live wherever I want at any point. I can, I can go wherever I want if I want to kind of thing. So if I am like, oh, it's grandma's birthday next month, I just go to Chile. And then, oh, my, my cousin's getting married in, in America the following month. I just go there and, and so on. Like, I just want to have that type of freedom. That's my ideal life. Just yeah. freedom of being wherever I want with whoever I want to be kind of thing. That's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's really good. I think like you've got the the right idea and not being like a slave to the system. I think that's so um, so important because so many people get caught up in that and like having you know having all these debts and having all these bills to pay when they haven't really lived yet, and then they get to like fifty or sixty and they're so unhappy because they've just been working this job that they thought they loved or they they've thought they it's just like they're stuck in that wheel. Yeah. Well, they thought that they that, or they just took because the career pays well. But then yeah, they're not exactly. they're not ever free, you know. Like I think people want to be rich, but I think the main thing is just to be wealthy. So I wanna I don't want to be a millionaire, you know. I, I just want to earn enough money without having to work, so I don't have to work, and I I can spend my time dancing or being out with dogs or traveling or hearing mm. somewhere and helping people or spending time with my family that's what uh that's what i want to do and it doesn't matter if i can buy the big more expensive car which I, I don't think it serves much purpose but i just want to be able to feed myself feed my family and uh have some clothes on that's basically it because i think that's that- it it happens when you define what's most important to you and, and you analyze why, or when you analyze and you get to know who you are a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. And that, it seems like just a much happier lifestyle. I think so. Because I see a lot of people that just go into a career and they're stuck there for 40 years until they can retire and they're quite unhappy. Yeah. So I just want yeah. to try the, the other thing. I definitely don't want to. I don't want to get caught up in the rat race. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, how do you how do you do it? Because how do you do it as a musician? Is it harder than just having like a normal career, quote unquote? Um, I think it's like the good thing is with music, like doing something that you're you're passionate about is that it doesn't really feel like work. It doesn't really feel like you're in the, like the circle, I guess. Or like, it's not, you're not waking up going, Oh, I have to go to work today. It's more like 
you wake up and you'd be pumped because you're doing something you really, really love, love to do. But like in saying that there's always days where it's like going to be a struggle and a challenge, even if it's doing something you're really, really passionate about or you really yeah. love. Um, I think that the difference is it's just like at least those bad days are bad days for something you love. Like it, at least those bad days are bad because of whatever situation it would be, but you're still in um, that kind of bubble of doing something you're really passionate about. Yeah. Like if I took me back to my, when I was doing factory work. So before I made that transition to becoming a full-time musician, I did uh, factory work for a few years. And I was doing like 14, 15 hour shifts and like night, night shift and just surrounded by people who don't really have, um, uh, just like, they don't always have the most positive out, uh, outlook on things, I guess, you know, like it can be really challenging. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say that I ever was pumped going into work. The only time I was like pumped and really motivated was when I had a goal of, I want to get out of this job so I can focus on what I love. And that's when I was like really pumped because I was in $25,000 of debt and I just needed to pay that off. I was yeah. just like, pay that off and then I can make this leap. Yeah. And it was the best thing I ever did, especially for my mental health as well. Like that was the best transition for me. So how was the process for you to um, decide or know I am a musician? Yeah, I guess. Um, like when I made that. Yeah, like when I made that leap into becoming a full-time musician, it was when I had all, like I I pretty much paid off all of my debts, and I was in a as I was in a position where I was pretty comfortable to go. All right, this is like this is the time to do it. Otherwise, I'll just be stuck here forever. And mm. I just made that just made that leap, um, and just hit the ground running. Pretty much, just try, it was. Yeah, it was really, really good to be, um, and it was super motivating as well because you knew that if I didn't have a gig, if I didn't have a gig for next weekend, well then, I can't pay my rent or I can't do this. So it was very, it was very laid out in front of me that like you have to be doing this to, in order to be successful or in order to keep this going. And I guess that drive just kept going. And I, like I was saying earlier, it's like really different going into COVID, not having all of these gigs and not having that that drive and I'm like super grateful and super blessed because I think it was a well needed rest. Um, but I also know like as soon as it, it goes back again, it will just be the same, same thing. I like keep the ground running straight back into it as much as I want to stay like this for as long as I can. Yeah. How, how <laughs> old were you? How, how old were you when you uh, knew that you wanted to pursue music? Not necessarily full-time, but they, they actually wanted to make songs and take it seriously, go on talent shows and do your own thing. Oh, dude, so long. So I, <laughs> um, I, so I, I released my first album when I was 12 years old. So way oh, back in the day. 12. Yeah, I was 12. I was 12, yeah. So I knew, um, and I picked up my first, it was a Shania Twain CD. I love yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> I love it so much. And um. So I picked up her CD when I was like probably nine or eight. And it was the first CD, like live DVD, CD, like kind of music that I um, just like instantly fell in love with. And I 
like vividly remember me dressing up as her and like pretending my lounge room was the concerts and all the people that I was singing to. And I just thought that that was the coolest thing that she like being a woman, just being a boss. And she just like was so empowering and she just connected with so many people through music. And I thought that was just so sick. And I want to do that. I want to be able to go into a big stadium and just connect with thousands of people. And, and that's when I knew, like, I just want to, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep, I want to, I want to pursue music. I want to be able to be like her and sing to like thousands, crowds of thousands of people. That's the ultimate dream. And then, yeah, it's just been, it's just been enjoying the journey, I guess, as I go, like I might not ever get there, but I think like, as I've been on this journey, it's like, it's less about me singing to thousands of people now. And it's more about just connecting with people and meeting like-minded people and passing on knowledge to other people who want to do that and just being as supportive as I can. And it's been really, really cool. I've been like, just been loving it. Wow. So but was your mom super a big fan of Shania time? No, really. No, I think she just, she she just bought a dvd and i think yeah. it wasn't even opened i just said i'm opening it and i just watched the whole <laughs> thing just fell in love with her and her story as well like she's just got a beautiful story and i think i just like really connected with her as, as a kid oh so you started, and, you started and yeah what was that sorry continue continue oh i was just gonna say i can't even remember now i was uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> So you started, you, you were like nine. So did you start like writing songs at that age? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote my first song when I was 11 or 12. So I had a close friend of mine pass away. Um, and, you know, I didn't really know how to deal with all of those emotions or all of those feelings at the time. It was my, it was my first instance um, dealing with like extreme loss or extreme heartache. And I came from quite a religious family. And for me, I always just questioned. And like, I had a lot of hate and resentment because I was like, how could God do that to a kid? You know, like I, yeah. I just had all of this hate and, and I didn't know how to, to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and so that just came out through song. I wrote a song um, and then that was kind of picked up by the um, Asthma Foundation of Australia, who I then went to events with them. And then it just kind of kept snowballing like that. Wow. Which was, yeah, which was, um, it was a great, it was, it was just great to see how music impacts you. Like your release is going to impact so many people. Like so many people can resonate and feel that emotion. Yeah. And that was really cool to know that, that it's not just me now dealing with loss it was everyone who listened to that song or that story it felt like they all felt that that emotion which was really important to me and I think like for his family as well it was really special wow so I think that's one of the most beautiful things about art and that's one of the most thing powerful things about music and why I love music so much is that you connect with the spirit of the composer and the artist that is uh, interpreting a song and uh, it's 
it's not only the beats that can be fun. It's not only the words that can be smart or, prof or profound. It's also the feel and the, and the emotion that it's communicated to you. And sometimes in determined mm -hmm. states that you're on, they can impact you in a different way or another. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about any type of art. But the one that I resonate with the most is music. And um, yeah. It's just incredible how it can impact so many people and and um and that's why I think um it's so important as a commercial thing now, but also as a as as um hymns of change and revolution, you know how so many movements have um taken music as a as their like their banner kind of almost yeah. Yeah, it's so true. So true. It's crazy how much history there is in music as well. And just like any art form, you know, like art as well, paintings and drawings, it's, um, it's incredible. I reckon we would get along very well when we, if we ever traveled together. We would be <laughs> those two at like the art museums just being like, wow, this speaks to me. So yeah. Different levels. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I love going to the NGV right? and just like experiencing it different times, even the same the same paintings yeah yeah y yeah it yeah. well i think a lot of things depend on your state of mind and like your mind because you're you're you live your life in your mind you know whether this life is real or not or this is like a simulation or it's a a dream of someone that we are a part of or it or it's your own self dreaming we, we still live your life in your mind yeah and everything that you receive is super conditioned by how you feel and how you uh and your experience so yeah like experiencing art for the first time or another different time depends a lot on your circumstance for example the first time that i listened to john mayer i hated it hated it oh yeah there you go wow. yeah and then I gave it another chance and it became my musical idol. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's it's it. so subjective. hundred percent. And it does grow on you. Hey, yeah. You have to give it that time. Yeah. And I, I, it's, I think you need to learn too. Like I, I taught myself how to like music. Like I taught myself how to like wine and mm -hmm. it's, it's things. I think that everything in life is just practice. You know, mm. the more you do something, the better you get at it. It's like starting to walk. For me, life, I always see it as surfing a wave. I'm not a surfer, but I know that when you start surfing, you barely can get on the, on the, on the board and stand up and then maintain yourself on the, on the board. And then the waves are so different one from another and the weather will change so many times, but just life is just like that. And then you just have to yeah. learn how to ride the perfect wave. And that's it. That's it. That is it. There's definitely things I really want to get good at as well. One of them is surfing and one of them is dancing. So really? I'm going to come to you for some dancing lessons eventually. Yeah. I would love to, like, I want to be able to take that time to like really zone in on different crafts. And one would be surfing. I would like, like to stand up on a board. Mm. I have done it before, but I fall off. Um, and the other one would be dancing. I would love to dance. Nice. I think you can do it, man. I think anyone can dance. And I, one of the most powerful things about dancing, I think, is that I think that literally anyone can do it. 
And I think there's something very special about being able to express yourself with your body, you know, the vessel of your spirit and try to and do it freely. And like when you allow the music to literally and not and it's not like just literally, but when you allow it to just go through your spirit and connect with you and you allow yourself to be in the moment and connect with someone else through that same vibration is just so powerful. So yeah. it's so insane. And everyone likes dancing, man. That's why people only like dancing, only like dancing quote unquote when they're drunk because mm. they're just don't allow themselves to like it because they're thinking too much about, Oh, someone's looking at me. What, what are they thinking about me? Or, they or the just the the opinion they have on themselves that is too harsh about yeah them. yeah so i wonder why that's like, yeah i wonder why that came about because that's so true like every time that i dance right i have to be i feel like i would have to have a few drinks into me and feel really good because i don't care what anyone's thinking i'm just like i was dancing because i love music but i wouldn't be able to do that if i was sober i would just because exactly that, all those things, it's like what everyone is looking at me. Uh, I look ridiculous or all those things. Like, why is that? Why, how, why is that conditioned? Why, I wonder why and where that's, where's that, where that has come from. It's your inner dialogue. It's the inner dialogue that you're allowing your, in your own mind. So yeah, we live in our own minds. You know, that life happens in our brains and how our brain communicates or just how our brain manifests within us. And when you are with yourself, you always have like inner dialogues about something. Like you wanna achieve something, you wanna do something, you wanna be someone, you wanna be with someone, you wanna communicate with someone, etc. And the way that you decodify things that happen to you, I think it's a crucial moment in your life all the time. So for example, if something, like for example, today was raining a lot, there are ways that you can talk to yourself about the rain and your reaction to it. So you can say, mm -hmm. oh shit, it's raining again. I can't go out for a walk. I can't go out for a run. Oh shit, my clothes are outside. This is shit. Or you could say, amazing, we've, we've had drought for so long, we really need this rain. Or you know what, I'm gonna learn how to run under the rain. Or you know what, it's beautiful. You know, the sounds, of the rain just falling down and, and touching the, the pavement is just an amazing showcase of power from nature. Like, why not? And, and the same way with your own self, like when you fail at something, how do you take that? So do you bring yourself down? Are you, do you adopt something that a bully taught you? Or did you take a, a uh, do you take an attitude of this is my, this is a teaching okay, so this is one way I, I don't have to do this. And, and, and I think that everything in life is practice. Dancing is that, and also the way that you talk to yourself. So I think that we can choose. We can choose to take it in a negative way or in a harsh way, or we can choose to do it in a loving way and kind way to ourselves. I choose kindness and in a loving way to myself because I see more possibilities to have a a more happy life or live the life that I'm living within my mind happier and at peace. Yeah, that's it. You know, and, and with the possibility, monologue. Yeah, and, and the possibility of growth. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah 100%. So. We actually had, um, when I was, in, this reminds me of when I was like in year 12 and we were having a lecture from a, um, our vice principal. It's actually one of the most useful things that's ever stuck with me. And she's, she was talking about this and like your inner monologue yeah. and just positive affirmations. When you think you can't do something, you just remind yourself you can do it. It's just your mind telling you, you can't, you can do it. You've got this, you've got, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You can do it. And it's like those things will it's like we'll slowly help the mind tick back this way because i think we're just programmed to think of everything um negatively like if you think of relationships or um yeah like at the end of relationships you know just before that relationship ends the hardest part is because your mind's going i'll never see that person again or i will never have anything to do with that person again but it's like, you, that's not necessarily true. That's your mind just thinking of the worst case scenario. It's giving you, it's just like the way that we've programmed to try and, um, what do you say? Like, um, kind of like protect ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's our protective mechanism. That's it. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's a lot of nurture because I think that naturally we're not that type of people. So, for example, when a baby falls, it always looks immediately to their parents to seek for what should I do now? I, I, this is an unknown situation. So, if the parent, if the parent like really stresses out and worries and like, oh no, my baby, they tend to start crying. Or when the, the the dad is like, or the mom is like, oh, it's okay, just stand up. They just stand up, and they don't cry. I think that a lot of things have to do with how we are raised and the examples that we see in, in person, in people of leadership and, and so on. I think it's just a lot of nurture and it's a yeah. lot of just bad examples. You know, a lot of people do it from a loving, from a loving uh, place, but just it's, it's a bad example. So yeah, I think that what your um, teacher or was your principal, um yeah taught you in year 12 is amazing i think that a lot of people we were not taught that and we just have to figure it out for example i mm. figured it out when i when i was like in a deep depression and i i i just thought that living was not worth it anymore but the good thing about that is that i realized that i was rock bottom and when i realized that i was rock bottom literally anything that i would do would be better and i would be better so i would i would say i'm so shit at this but then I realized, fuck, I'm so shit at this that I, can actually, I can't be shitter than this because I suck so bad. And then I said, but mm. if I suck so bad, I can actually, if I improve just one little bit, I'm going to be better. And then I can do it again. And then I can just yeah. continue. And I was like, wow, yeah. that's awesome. So I, for example, I banned some, uh, some words for me to say out loud and for me to say in my mind. So I, I, I banned myself from saying I hate something when I really don't like something. Because I think that it just That's a good one. I just uh, I banned that word for me, and I also banned for me to say I I will try. I will mm -hmm. try to do this. I'll try to be better. I'll try to uh, exercise five times a week. I will try to um, meet with you. I either say yes or no, because I think that yeah. it's really important. And one of the things that people actually I think um, get wrong a lot is that they don't give their word enough value. And they lie and they allow themselves to lie too many times. And then they lose so much respect for themselves because they know that they won't follow through what they said, that it affects deeply into their self-love or in, into the self-respect, which is self-love in the end. 
So I, I, if I say that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You know, like that's why, for example, I go, I, I was before COVID, I was going every single Saturday, Sunday to dance at the nightcap. Not because I wanted, I wanted to dance every single Sunday, but it's because I said I would. And then I would feel yeah. really way better later. Like sometimes I was super tired and I didn't. But that, that type of consistency within myself has allowed me to also believe that I can do more. And I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's really, really good. How do we get there, here? How do I get where? How, how do we get to this point? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> We're getting deep. We're getting deep. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I think you were just giving me a lecture because I, I, I didn't call you back the other day. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I have learned my lesson now. I'm so- <laughs> no, but I completely agree because on the other end of that, that, did, that made me actually feel really shit. And it makes you... Uh, and like, it, you're so right because it does make you feel like um yeah less of yourself and like your your that self-love and that kind of self-respect um so yeah yeah i'm definitely going to take more notice of that and also like a really great point there is trying to remove words because the amount of times that i say i hate this is it's like a terrible like that's a terrible word i didn't realize how bad it's a very it's it's a very strong feeling it's a very negative, although like you don't even realize how negative that is, I guess, at the time. Because the amount of times that I'd be like, what's an example? I don't know. I don't know. But you, like, I think a lot of people would say it about things that they don't necessarily hate. It's just like, it's just an easy word, I guess, or it's, like, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or, or the yeah, other I'll one. Learn that one. The other one is, um, oh, that's annoying when something doesn't go your yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's not annoying. And I always try myself to stop that. And whenever a friend of mine says, oh, that's annoying when I say something, I don't know, like, oh, I had, I had to have surgery because of my appendix. Oh, that's annoying. No, not really. <laughs> I'm no, happy I had, good you got. I'm happy I got yeah, surgery I, because otherwise I would have died, you know, or. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that's good. Um. Yeah, like stuff like that. Or I actually cannot, literally, I'm not allowed to walk as much as I want to because my doctor tells me off, but it's not. Mm. Someone could say, oh, that's annoying because that's the only type of exercise that I can do. No, I just just need to get better. (laughs) I need to recover. That's it. Yeah, it's so good. And you got this time now to just chill out a little bit. And what a perfect time to get surgery, by the way, while the whole world is in lockdown. So you're not missing best, out on much. Best time, man. <laughs> best time. Because I think it would be way harder if all my friends were actually doing salsa dancing and and uh, going out for, I don't know, swims or whatever, or traveling. 100%. It would be horrible. You'd be like, damn it. It, would, it, <laughs> wouldn't, be hor- <laughs> it wouldn't be horrible, but it would be harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sorry that if you felt that I was lecturing you because I didn't want to <laughs> do that at all. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No, that's good, man. So when, like, so will you go back to the Nightcat? That's what it's called, right? Nightcat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always used to call it the Alley Cat for some reason. I don't know yeah. why. It sounds yeah, way... Yeah, so it's a jazz club called the Alley Cat, I think. 
Oh, wait, is the night cat the one with the big room? It's like the big dance floor in the middle. It's like a yes. circle. Yeah, and yeah. they've got the big band around yeah. it. I've been there once and it was probably the best night of like the best clubbing night I've ever had in Melbourne. Yeah. Hands down. Cause I hate, I hate clubs. Like I'm not a big fan of. You hate clubs. <laughs> uh, dude, I just, I'm not a fan of like DJs. I'm more like live music, um, old school swing, like jazz clubs. I love that because the people there as well are so much more open and so much more like sociable, I guess. Like they just really, really cool people. Yeah. I think, I think that's an interesting thing because I think it's people that have allowed themselves to be free with what they like more. And I think that people that go more to like clubs and stuff, are, it's it's more people that are a bit lost, I find. That yeah. want to figure out who they are and they want to meet people because they think that that's the way to do it. It's not a bad way, but I just, it's, it's just a bit more superficial, I find. Yeah when I was going to clubs against to where I go out now, like I, I just go to this kind of place. I like to go to jazz clubs or dancing and it's a very different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And then, so yeah. what's, what's your objective then with music now? Cause at the beginning when you were um, 12, you were like, I want to fill stadiums like Shania Twain. Is that the mm-hmm. same thing now? I still like have that, that dream. I'm never, mm-hmm. I'm never going to let go of that dream of like wanting to fill stadiums and sing to like thousands of people. But I also don't know for me if that's happiness. Like I think in that moment I would feel really happy. Um, but there's also like a lot of pressures I think that I didn't really know about when I was that age, you know, like I didn't realize how much you know an impact the media like would have on you if you did get to such a huge level Mm. and i'm not sure if i am cut out for that like i might be i don't know like i'm sure that would be the growth um but i think my purpose at the moment and my purpose what i'm finding what my goal is is like helping people with their music journey and just like i think i have a lot to give um in that sense, in, in, in like helping people um, and passing on everything that I've learned. I just feel like I've, it just makes me so much, it makes me really happy doing that. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm never, I'm not going to let go of that dream just yet. So yeah. hopefully maybe the stadiums one day, but who knows life is crazy and I could end up being something completely different. Like I've been having the, the I've been really thinking about, um, doing something else for a little bit, like even studying psychology or doing, um, you know, just doing something else. I don't know. Stripping. Yeah. Just stripping. Yeah. Flaunt <laughs> <Lord>, my body. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome that you don't want to let go of your dream. I think that's really important. Uh, what, what if you never get it? What if you never uh, achieve your dream? I think I'll be really happy regardless because um, I am living my dream right now. Like, and, and I get caught up a lot in focusing on that one dream of filling stadiums, but what I'm doing right now and like being able to live in a van and like being able to travel with music and still write and connect with people and still be a performing artist and releasing music. That's the goal. Like that is the dream that is, I'm happy. This is whatever 
happens now is just extra. Everything that's happening, um, it's just a bonus, really. So, yeah. Awesome. So, you would you compromise your um, creative integrity? I saying, I'm assuming that whatever that all the music that you are writing right now, it's music that it's super organic that you really feel like you want to share with the world, you know, the lyrics that you write, mm -hmm. the melodies that you create, would you ever sacrifice um, that creativity or creative freedom to fulfill your mm -hmm. dream of filling stadiums? Do you think you would be able to connect with people if you were, were to sacrifice that? Um, no, I don't think so. I think like, you have to be genuine and be like speaking from your heart. And I don't think you can sacrifice that. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to have hand in hand. Like I couldn't imagine me doing something like, let's just say a record label said you have to sing like this or sing this particular style of music that will fill up thousands of stadiums. I couldn't imagine me being happy in that. because I'm not connecting. I wouldn't be connecting to the music. And um, that would, that to me would be a false, that would be, I would be really unhappy doing that. I would be happier now where I am. And that's why I am. Like, that's how I know that this is, I'm really grateful for my life now and what I've achieved and everything that I'm doing because I think that this is a really great place to be. Yeah. Um, and anything extra is just, yeah, it's just extra. Awesome. So you um, teach people uh, or you teach singing lessons to other people. What are the things yeah. that you learn about what are the things that you learn when you teach, especially something that you've been doing Ooh. for years? What do I learn when I teach? Well, I've learned that the, like teaching music is, that's one thing teaching music, but the other half of it is just learning, learning about people. And it's almost like the job is so much more than just teaching music. It's, it's almost like you'll come in and have, um, a counseling session for like, you know, every week. And it's so, it's awesome. It's so, it's so great. You get to just learn about people and learn about their life and their stories. Um, and that's so much more than I thought I was going to get out from a job like this, you know, like, um, and just be so connected to people and so, and have, and know people for three or four years or like however long I've been there, which is that two or three years now all of those people I've, I've been with me for three years. So to be able to build that bond with someone for that long, it's almost like I'm creating a family, you know, like, and these are all my children in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's one thing I never thought I would get from this job. You know, I'm, I'm learning about people and, um, and in sense that's made me learn a lot about me and, and a lot about, how I view the world and how um, just, yeah, how that's really changed with just learning about people's stories. And it's been great. It's been really, really cool. It must be, yeah. It must be really interesting to teach others it is. something that you it love. Is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that you'll be able to teach me to dance soon. Yeah. If you teach me how to sing. Done. 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 You. Lock it in. <laughs> um, uh, there's something I want to ask you because you were, did you participate in X Factor? I did. Yeah. So I did, um, 
I've been auditioning. I like I back in the day. I I auditioned for those shows ever since I was when I started, like twelve. Oh really? I'll do them. Yeah, I do them every year. Wow. And each year I would get closer and closer to being, you know, or like further and further into the competition. Did you participate just one year then in X Factor? Um. So X Factor was. Um. I did maybe three. I think I auditioned three times for X Factor. And, and one time got all the way to the, the boot camp area. How was that experience? Um, it like taught me a lot about the industry and I'm so happy that I never got further than that in the, in these shows, like the voice and everything. Um, but I met some really cool people. I think that's the best thing I got from these shows and that mentality of, I was never there to win. Like I never had that in my head. I never went into an audition saying, I'm going to win this. I want to win. This is, this is the be all and end all. Yeah. I never had that in my mind. And I think that's why my experience was so enjoyable because I was just there to meet people and just learn. Just like, it's so cool to sing in front of Will I Am and Kylie Minogue. And I can't remember who else it was, Guy <laughs> Sebastian or something like that. But like, that is, that is so sick. It doesn't even matter if I don't get anywhere in the show. I yeah. to sing in front of like people that I idolize and I was grown around, Oh, you know, grown, grown up with. So, um, that's so sick. Um, but you do like, you meet people who had the mindset of, oh, I thought I was going to win. And it's like, that is why you're, you're, um, you're so sad right now because it's, that's not the right mindset. I don't think like if, if, if you do go into those shows, you should be going into it just for the experience. Um, not the the label of mm. like oh i got this far so how old were you um that was when i was 17 for x factor or 18 for x factor and then i was 17 for the voice wow you were a kid yeah, so yeah. what was your mentality <laughs> that was my my mentality was just your mentality was when you were 17 18 year old you were like i just want to learn from the experience i want to make connections 100 percent. that was me i was i was a wise soul back then don't know what happened damn <laughs> yeah that's i it. wish i had such clarity when i was that age yeah i'm sure you did you're very wise, you're very wise. how old are you Pablo? <laughs> thank you my friend that's really nice of you but i'm not wise yet. um <laughs> yes am, you are i am 29 years old oh almost at 30 yeah. One more year, right? One more year. One more year. Next year, yeah. Woo! So um, nice. We'll be having yeah, celebratory great... drinks. And yeah, some wine. Um, I've yes. Been... Yeah, it's a good age, man. It's a good age. And um, I want to live a lot of years. So yeah, I want to try to That's get awesome, my man. my body my body to live as long as I as it can. Dude, that is so good. That is so good. That's the ultimate goal, right? I want to get to 20, um, 2100. I want to get to 105. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. 2100. I want to bring it in. I want to, I want to bang. live as long as the old people from the Bible and like live like 650 years and they were still. Oh, like, nice. Yeah. They were still working <laughs> in the land. I want to be one of still those. Kicking it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey, so I really need to run to the bathroom. Can we have a bathroom break? Yeah. This is the bathroom <laughs> break. Yes, awesome. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the P 
tea break. Yes, this is a break for you to go to your restroom and pee. You can also use it to drink some water and hydrate yourself or do something else. This is an in intermission. Yes, this is an intermission in which I'm going to tell you one fun fact about urine just for your knowledge <laughs> or learning pleasure. And if you can sp skip this part if you want, of course, of course, you have the power whenever you want. Did you know that actually urine can whiten your teeth? Yes, ancient Romans used to, um, how do you say it? They would swish around their mouth pee to whiten their teeth. Yes, because of the component of ammonia in the urine and can actually make it wider. They also use pee, the Romans, as a, uh, an invisible ink to write secret messages. So next time you need to write a secret message to your lover or to um, a police officer um, or to, a, to your boss or whoever, you can use urine. Now you know. Um, so it would sh it, the message would show up when the paper is heated. So try it and let me know. I'm not going to try any of these things, but uh, you're welcome to. And I appreciate your curiosity. I think it's a very uh, nice trait of yours. Very, very nice. And now we're going to go back um, to our current schedule. Thank you very much. Okay, and we're back. You. I hope uh, everyone went to uh, pee as well and um, release and give their bodies a bit of a break. So, or drink some water if you need to as well. That's it. That is it. Stay hydrated. <laughs> hey, Tay. Um, Yo. How's it been quarantine or COVID for you, a musician? Has that affected you a lot? Um. Like, yeah, like the gigs have obviously stopped. So the gigs um, have all dried up. I was supposed to go to, uh, I was actually supposed to do two months in Thailand in uh, March, April. So I was supposed to go to Thailand for two months for a residency. Um, then I had Vegas for a month after that. And then I was supposed to be in Hamilton Island now. So it's a solid four, five months of um, gigs you know, we've, we've lost, but that's also okay because when do I ever get this time off? So it's been really good to just relax and kind of get in touch with myself a bit more. Um, I, yeah, I've been really, really enjoying it, man. It's bad. Probably that is to say, but I've been enjoying it. It's been good. Been liking the break. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's been a great time for all of us that haven't been affected directly by the virus. I think it's been great. Just to have the time. Yeah, hundred percent. That's it. And it's just like as long as hopefully that we get we contain it, um, then it and it should be good. It should be good for people to kind of get in touch with themselves and take that they take that time. I think. Yeah. How do you think that that people? Why do you think some people get in touch with themselves and other people don't? I think some people are really scared. Um, to get in touch with themselves. And so 
they they kind of they find it easier to disregard that um i don't know i feel like there's so many people that so many people are different and they come from different walks of life and maybe um they just have some things that then they haven't dealt with yet or they haven't been given the tools to or shown the tools on how to um work through that and so that's kind of where they get caught they get they get stuck in this area um where they can't necessarily move forward if that makes sense yeah yeah i think i think that's um it's part of that that's, yeah how have you been uh, um using your time then how do you did you say you've been getting in touch with yourself what, what, what was that what does that translate to in a practical way um i think yeah just kind of like being okay with being alone um and just me because you know in the music industry i think um or any industry it can be any industry you're you're surrounded by so many people all the time and to have that taken away from you um and you know within those people um there's people that bring you certain happiness there's certain people that you confide in there's certain people that you feel safe with you know whether it, in any work workplace you know there's certain people you don't like and so for all of that to be taken away and for you to be forced and so someone to say hey like you're not going to see these people you're going to be alone for the next couple of months just you and your thoughts and yeah. it's kind of like whoa that's, that's terrifying um but also really good right because you can face that and go well hey i'm gonna really get in touch with me i'm gonna learn about me i'm gonna um just yeah just, just understand myself a bit better yeah that, um, that reminds me a lot of uh john mayer's song uh age yeah? of glory <laughs> oh 100 percent. yeah um, what, what a good it? song yeah and actually that song um did teach me about this about um yeah learning how to be okay or and and good and feel okay with myself to be alone yeah you know when it says uh, don't be scared to walk alone. Don't be scared to like it. There's no time that you yeah. must be home, so sleep where darkness falls. Alive oh, in the age it. of worry, smile in the age of worry. Uh, go that's out it. in the age of worry and say, worry, why should I care? You know? Oh, so good. He hit the nail right on the head. So what good. A beautiful album. That all about well. being, and it's all about living in, in the now. All those little things. Exactly. And it's so natural, I think, to be worried. Like you are allowed to feel all of those feelings, you know, like you're allowed to feel scared. Um, that's, that's what's natural. That's, and I think that's what the beauty is about it as well, is once you, once you learn how to just understand that, once you're aware of that, like it's actually natural and normal to feel scared or it's, it's normal to feel these emotions, then you'll be able to master that craft a little bit more and like understanding yourself a bit more. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it has to do. Yeah, how, how you, as you say, it is not. It's natural. I think that uh, worry and fear is just a natural response. It's an evolu evolutionary response to something that is unknown, and it mm. was vital for us to evolve to what we are now. You know, to fill in to fill in those things that we didn't know, so we could take care of ourselves and survive. Basically, yeah, survival. It, it's a survival kind of thing. But now in our state right now we don't need those things because we can actually get food and we can uh, get shelter and we can get 
clothing and all the basic needs for survival that we can now develop other things and, and focus on creative um, enterprises or other things that, that we want to do. So worrying now and, and feel, filling the voids with fear, it's unnecessary as well. Mm. That's it. That's it. You, you are a very wise man. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just listen to a lot of stuff and I just retain some of that. And so good. Uh, then I apply that to myself as much as I can, uh, as much as I can fail and then try again. So that's awesome. That's really, really good. You like this burst of energy. I feel like that so many people need in their lives to like, just kind of make it you just, yeah, you have a natural, like, Oh, this is actually going to be okay. It's going to work itself out. I feel Thanks, very, that's, very that's like beautiful. Thank you. Grounded. Oh, yeah, I no, feel very you. grounded. I think that this is, uh, and also I think that this is part of the work I've done in myself for years and also especially now during quarantine. Um, I started, I started practicing yoga and I say started because I literally started during quarantine, uh, but the, the effect it had on me, it was immense, like being able to be super in tune or present with my body and go through the pain of the positions i just focusing on my breath you know and then do the meditation and be there really really helped me to then be able to uh, go through everything else and and actually the it, they say that the yoga practice it starts after you finish it kind of thing and mm-hmm. like you your mindfulness happens the whole time and it's in the times of tribulation or when it's uh, things are not going your way that you practice that that you understand that things are momentaneous um mm-hmm. so for me it's it's just that it's just a big long sequence of presence and i just do that focus on that yeah yeah but you're a very wise boy you're way younger than me and uh, you are in tune a lot with what you, with who you are and what you want to do when you're living your dream. I mean, man, how old are you? I am 25. You're I'm 25, man. Younger. You're 25, but, you, but you're living your dream. We're still in our 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I, th- I think we're very fortunate people and that's, I think it's one of the keys as well to be able to recognize that and be thankful for all the things yeah. that um, allow you to to learn more about things yeah absolutely absolutely and it's just so much growth in that as well so yeah yeah what are you thankful for today i am thankful for what am i <clears> thankful <throat> for i'm thankful for having a, a like a roof over my head i know that and a, a warm house to come home to i know so many people that like don't have that right now um i'm thankful for clean water just like just the simple things um yeah thankful for so many things really you think about them as well it's like i'm just thankful about for yeah for pretty much everything yeah everything in my life yeah 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 how about you what are you thankful for today so, today i'm very thankful for uh, my friends and the people that care about me because mm. Uh, they've been telling me off <laughs> because I've been, I'm really bad at resting, man. I'm really bad at, I just, 
slowing down and not doing anything. Uh, I, I always like to be moving or doing something, working on something. Um, and generally involves for me moving from one place to another or do something active. But now, right now, that I, I shouldn't uh, because of my recovery, um, I still, I still, <laughs> my body still goes to, okay, let's do something. Let's, and I just go with it. But I have to learn to just rest you know yeah so a lot yeah. of my friends have been be telling me off because i've been pushing too hard when i shouldn't uh so oh, that's I, it. I, and it can be hard to do that i appreciate yeah and i appreciate the love that 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 comes from you know the the worry or the or the actual care about me so i'm thankful for that that's awesome yeah that's I'm very sweet stubborn. that's sweet but that's the good thing about me being stubborn that i can actually tell i can i have these instances that i know how much people care about me, <laughs> even though I'm being a, yeah. a stubborn prick. <laughs> That's it. Well, hey, you just need to relax. You need to just take it easy these next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn about it. I'm gonna learn about it. I'm not good at yeah. it. I'm not good at it. I haven't practiced that. You have to just have to binge watch some Netflix series. Well, yeah, I, I have. I started watching South Park. <laughs> oh, nice. Hey, actually, have you ever watched Westworld? No, no. What is that? I feel like you would what you would like Westworld. So it's it's all about like a how do you even describe it without giving it away? It is. So we're based in the future, but it's not. It's the not too distant future. It's dystopia. And it's where it's kind of no. It's not dystopia. It's like um and where artificial artificial intelligence is so um advanced advanced. Yeah, so it's like pretty much a theme park. So think a theme park, but the theme park is where you get to live out your wildest fantasies and the people in the theme park are all robots, but they look like you and me. Wow. So they're like, they're just like, they're, they're robots. Um, and then you, so there's the hosts, which is um, the robots and there's the newcomers, which is humans. So hosts, um, humans, and it's like the humans, it's pretty much like GTA. Like you go in and you do missions with these like robots, but the robots start to become self-aware and they start to realize like, Hey, we're like, this is, we're getting treated like rubbish. And it's like the revolution. You gotta watch Whoa. it. It's really interesting. Biggest, yeah. And it's the biggest, um, there's so many twists in it. Like it's just it's crazy. Okay. It's yeah. Crazy. I'm interested. I'm interested. That yeah. I reckon sell. you would love it. You would you would love it. What would be your really your world? My world, oh my! Like my biggest fantasy. Oh, right? I don't yeah. even know. Is it like your paradise? I would, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like based in the wild west. It's like the wild wild west. So you're back like with this cowboys and stuff, and <laughs> you like that. Um, you're wearing a cowboy. I like it. I get. It. <laughs> I love it, but it's also not as well. So it's like. So the theme park is based in the Wild West. Um, that's why they call it the West World. Yeah. But it's also based in the now, which is like um, really futuristic times. Damn. It's really cool. Really, really cool. I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. Would recommend for anyone out there trying to find something binge worthy. It will blow your mind. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I'm I'm actually gonna check it out. You should do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Damn. Definitely do it. 
Yeah, that sounds heavy. It's really good. It's really good. Some good twists in it as well. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right, man. Um, we're going to start to finish. Uh, but before, yeah. before we finish, I want to ask you yeah. if you could go back in time and give, give your 18, 19 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, it would be if I could have a conversation with 18 year old Tay, yeah. I would give him a spreadsheet and say, and just let him know how to do taxes and how to save. <laughs> That's, I cannot believe we weren't taught that in high school. Yes. Is that not the biggest crock of shit ever? Like yeah. we weren't told how to save money and do, I don't know about you, but I was never told how to, to save or I was never told, like taught just how to do tax. What? Yes. What? This That's is ridiculous. This is one of my biggest uh, criticisms of the system especially the educational system, which I'm not a fan of. And it's that we are not taught important stuff, day-to-day -day stuff. Like, like you say, know how to save taxes, um, how to speak with someone, social, social skills. Um, yeah, they need to do a life class. They, they have them in America. I know like a girl that I dated, um, she used to go to, they had a life's class and I, I didn't understand it because it was so far fetched hearing about it at that time. And cause she was saying like, it's literally a class where they learn to talk and, and, um, like engage in conversation and, um, like, how do you get from, uh, how was your day past that to like, what are you doing with life? Or like all these questions. Yeah. It was just so fascinating for me. But why we don't have that is so ridiculous. And like, yeah, the whole tax thing, the saving thing is so stupid. Yeah. To be honest. So yeah, that's a conversation I would have with myself. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about you? What would you, what would you tell your 18 year old self? Um, I think someone asked me this in one of the past podcasts, but I think, which was, I think I said um, to not care about others' opinions. And mm. that, what I would, but today, what, I, what would I do if I went back in time today? I travel through the dimensions and go back to 2011, 2010, when I first got to Australia. I would mm. tell myself, um, oh, I would actually say, um learn or man you're good enough like um to, it's it's fine to be who you who you really want to be to be yourself get to know yourself invest time in that invest time in all the fears and recognizing all the fears that you have why you have them face them uh and um don't be so hard on other people mm. Yeah. So be more empathetic, Pablo. That's what I would tell him. Yeah. 2011. Hey, you've, done, you've done a great job. You're like one of the most empathetic people I could, I could, I would know. Thanks, man. That's, that's a big, that's a big compliment. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. You've really manifested that, man. Yeah. There's been a lot of suffering and I think that's been key to learning about a lot of things. Suffering is so important for that, um, to learn. So mm. I wouldn't change anything anyway. 
Um, but um, I wish I had figured that out earlier, sooner. Um, I wish I had started this podcast uh, ages ago um, as well. Mm. <laughs> Maybe you did it now. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's good. You've done it's it. Done. You've started it. I have. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, you're a beautiful guy, beautiful person. You are super genuine and organic. I love your music because I love you as well. Uh, a talented, um, vulnerable, loving. Um, you are someone that cares about others, that cares about other people's problems. You love dogs. Um, and you also love your family very much. And I think that that also speaks volumes of who you are. Um, I had very, I very much admire the route that you've taken to be the man with the van uh, in real life and uh, just trying to make the tough decisions, uh, but with the objective of you being happy. I think that's uh, something that you should be proud of. And uh, I'm very, very proud to call myself your friend. And uh, please... Uh -huh. Please tell Thanks everyone. So much, man. <laughs> please tell everyone you what you've been working on, uh, to check you out and where to check you out. Oh, firstly, thank you so much for that beautiful rap. That was really, really, that meant so much. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you. And I really feel like the universe works in such a crazy way sometimes that like I was supposed to meet you and um, and. Uh, yeah, just thanks so much for being you and also just like everything you do for everyone else. It's like, it's really special. You, you're Namaste. doing some great things. Oh man. Um, yeah, yeah, my, so my name's Taylor Piggott and you can find my stuff on Spotify under my name, Taylor Piggott, T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-I-G-G-O-T-T. Um, and on Instagram under the same name and I'll be releasing music hopefully every month this year. So, or every, Ooh. yeah, every couple of months. Yeah. I got a new song coming out on August 7th, which is cool. My last song was super glue and sticky tape. Um, and yes. Yeah. Hope you, hope you guys enjoy. Nice. Thank you. Ted. <laughs> Love you, bro. And, um, Thanks man. Love you, dude. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep in touch, man. Keep in touch. Absolutely. Go check man. him out. Thanks okay. so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Yo. Hey guys, thank you for listening and uh, please go and support Tay. Uh, go to his Instagram page on, on Tay Piggott. That's T-A-Y-P-I-G-G-O-T-T. -T, Tay Piggott. So you can get the latest uh, info about his uh, new single, Super Glue and Sticky Tape. And also his new upcoming single on the 8th of August. So check him out. He's a great guy and please support him. And also please uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram at... L underscore path that's E L underscore P A B B and uh, also you can find me on Facebook if you write down the path podcast and uh, yeah thank you so much for listening and I will be in touch soon bye adios